Shema Yisrael Adonai Eloheinu Adonai Echad Baruch Shem Kehud Malkuto Le'olam Va'ed Hear, O Israel, the Lord is our God, the Lord is one. Blessed be the name of the glory of His kingdom for ever and ever. Amen. Good morning, Mishpacha. Welcome to the Daily Audio Torah. I'm Laura Densmore, your host, and I'm so glad you're joining in with me today. Today is Thursday, August 3rd. It is prophesied in the book of Amos that in the last days there would be a famine in the land, not a famine for food, but a famine for the word of God, as it is written in Amos 8, 11, and 12. Behold, the days come, says the Lord God, that I will send a famine in the land, not a famine of bread, nor thirst for water, but of hearing the words of the Lord. And they shall wander from sea to sea and from the north even to the east. They shall run to and fro to seek the word of the Lord, and shall not find it. Even in the days of Joseph, there were seven years of plenty, followed by seven years of famine. He had stored up grain for the seven years of famine. The Daily Audio Torah is your storehouse where you can get grain. It is twenty minutes every day of pure scripture flowing out, living manna to feed your spirit. Are you being blessed by this ministry? please consider supporting Daily Audio Torah. You can make a one-time or a recurring donation by going to dailyaudiotorah.com and then click on the Give pick on the navigation menu. You can then make a secure online donation there. Thank you for your prayers, and thank you for your support. Now let's continue our journey through the entire Bible in one year. This week we are reading from the New Living Translation for the Hebrew Scriptures, and for the bread Hadashah. Today we continue the Torah portion, Ekev, and it means, On the Heel of. Deuteronomy 10, 1-22 At that time, the Lord said to me, Cut out for yourself two tablets of stone, like the former ones, and come up to me on the mountain, and make an ark of wood for yourself. I will write on the tablets the words that were on the former tablets which you shattered, and you shall put them in the ark. So I made an ark of acacia wood, and cut out two tablets of stone, like the former ones, and went up on the mountain with the two tablets in my hand. He wrote on the tablets, like the former writing, the Ten Commandments, which the Lord had spoken to you on the mountain from the midst of the fire, on the day of the assembly, and the Lord gave them to me. Then I turned and came down from the mountain, and put the tablets in the ark which I had made, and there they are, as the Lord commanded me. Now the sons of Israel set out from Beeroth Benajakin to Maserah. There Aaron died, and there he was buried, and Eleazar his son ministered as priest in his place. From there they set out to Gudgoda, and from Gudgoda to Jabatha, a land of brooks of water. At that time 
The Lord set apart the tribe of Levi to carry the ark of the covenant of the Lord to stand before the Lord to serve him and to bless him in his name until this day. Therefore Levi does not have a portion or inheritance with his brothers. The Lord is his inheritance, just as the Lord your God spoke to him. I, moreover, stayed on the mountain forty days and forty nights like the first time, and the Lord listened to me that time also. The Lord was not willing to destroy you. Then the Lord said to me, Arise, proceed on your journey ahead of the people, that they may go in and possess the land which I swore to their fathers to give them. Now, Israel, what does the Lord your God require from you but to fear the Lord your God, to walk in all his ways and love him, and to serve the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul, and to keep the Lord's commandments and his statutes, which I am commanding you today for your good? Behold, to the Lord your God belong heaven and the highest heavens, and the earth and all that is in it. Yet... On your fathers did the Lord set his affection to love them, and he chose their descendants after them, even you above all peoples, as it is this day. So circumcise your heart, and stiffen your neck, no longer. For the Lord your God is the God of gods, and the Lord of lords, the great, the mighty, and the awesome God, who does not show partiality, nor take a bribe. He executes justice for the orphan and the widow, and shows his love for the alien by giving him food and clothing. So show your love for the alien, for you were aliens in the land of Egypt. You shall fear the Lord your God, you shall serve him and cling to him, and you shall swear by his name. He is your praise and he is your God, who has done these great and awesome things for you which your eyes have seen. Your fathers went down to Egypt, seventy persons in all, and now the Lord your God has made you as numerous as the stars of heaven. Second Chronicles 33, 14-34-33 After this, Manasseh rebuilt the outer wall of the city of David from the west of the Gibbon Spring in the Kidron Valley to the Fish Gate, and continuing around the hill of Afal. He built the wall very high, and he stationed his military officers in all of the fortified towns of Judah. Manasseh also removed the foreign gods and the idol from the Lord's temple. He tore down all the altars he had built on the hill where the temple stood, and all the altars that were in Jerusalem, and he dumped them outside the city. Then he restored the altar of the Lord and sacrificed peace offerings and thanksgiving offerings on it. He also encouraged the people of Judah to worship the Lord, the God of Israel. However, the people still sacrificed at the pagan shrines, though only to the Lord their God. The rest of the events of Manasseh's reign, his prayer to God, and the words the seers spoke to him in the name of the Lord, the God of Israel, are recorded in the book of the kings of Israel. Manasseh's prayer, the account of the way God answered him, and an account of all his sins and unfaithfulness are recorded in the record of the seers. It includes a list of the locations where he built pagan shrines and set up Asherah poles and idols before he humbled himself and repented. 
When Manasseh died, he was buried in his palace. Then his son Ammon became the next king. Ammon was 22 years old when he became king, and he reigned in Jerusalem two years. He did what was evil in the Lord's sight, just as his father Manasseh had done. He worshipped and sacrificed to all the idols his father had made. But unlike his father, he did not humble himself before the Lord. Instead, Ammon sinned even more. Then Ammon's own officials conspired against him and assassinated him in his palace. But the people of the land killed all those who had conspired against King Ammon, and they made his son Josiah the next king. Josiah was eight years old when he became king, and he reigned in Jerusalem thirty-one years. He did what was pleasing in the Lord's sight and followed the example of his ancestor David. He did not turn away from doing what was right. During the eighth year of his reign, while he was still young, Josiah began to seek the God of his ancestor David. Then in the twelfth year he began to purify Judah and Jerusalem, destroying all the pagan shrines, the Asherah poles, and the carved idols and cast images. He ordered that the altars of Baal be demolished, and that the incense altars which stood above them be broken down. He also made sure that the Asherah poles, the carved idols, and the cast images were smashed and scattered over the graves of those who had sacrificed to them. He burned the bones of the pagan priests on their own altars, and he purified Judah and Jerusalem. He did the same thing in the towns of Manasseh, Ephraim, and Simeon, even as far as Naphtali, and in the regions all around them. He destroyed the pagan altars and the Asherah poles, and he crushed the idols into dust. He cut down all the incense altars throughout the land of Israel. Finally, he returned to Jerusalem. In the eighteenth year of his reign, after he had purified the land and the temple, Josiah appointed Shaphan, son of Azaliah, Messiah, the governor of Jerusalem, and Joah, son of Joahaz, the royal historian, to repair the temple of the Lord his God. They gave Hilkiah, the high priest, the money that had been collected by the Levites who served as gatekeepers at the temple of God. The gifts were brought by people from Manasseh, Ephraim, and from all the remnant of Israel, as well as from all Judah, Benjamin, and the people of Jerusalem. He entrusted the money to the men assigned to supervise the restoration of the Lord's temple. Then they paid the workers who did the repairs and renovation of the temple. They hired carpenters and builders who purchased finished stone for the walls and timber for the rafters and beams. They restored what earlier kings of Judah had allowed to fall into ruin. The workers served faithfully under the leadership of Jahath and Obadiah, Levites of the Merorite clan, and Zechariah and Meshulam, Levites of the Kohathite clan. Other Levites, all of whom were skilled musicians, were put in charge of the laborers of the various trades. Still others assisted as secretaries, officials, and gatekeepers. While they were bringing out the money collected at the Lord's temple, Hilkiah the priest found the book of the law, the Torah, of the Lord, that was written by Moses.
Hilkiah said to Shaphan, the court secretary, I have found the book of the law in the Lord's temple. Then Hilkiah gave the scroll to Shaphan. Shaphan took the scroll to the king and reported, Your officials are doing everything they were assigned to do. The money that was collected at the temple of the Lord has been turned over to the supervisors and workmen. Shaphan also told the king, Hilkiah the priest has given me a scroll. So Shaphan read it to the king. When the king heard what was written in the law, the Torah, he tore his clothes in despair. Then he gave these orders to Hilkiah, Ahikam son of Shaphan, Akbor son of Micaiah, Shaphan the court secretary, and Asaiah the king's personal advisor. Go to the temple and speak to the Lord for me and for all the remnant of Israel and Judah. Inquire about the words written in the scroll that has been found. For the Lord's great anger has been poured out on us, because our ancestors have not obeyed the word of the Lord. We have not been doing everything this scroll says we must do. So Hilkiah and the other men went to the new quarter of Jerusalem to consult with the prophet Huldah. She was the wife of Shalom, son of Tikvah, son of Harhas, the keeper of the temple wardrobe. She said to them, The Lord, the God of Israel, has spoken. Go back and tell the man who sent you. This is what the Lord says. I am going to bring disaster on this city and its people. All the curses written in the scroll that was read to the king of Judah will come true. For my people have abandoned me and offered sacrifices to pagan gods, and I am very angry with them for everything they have done. My anger will be poured out on this place, and it will not be quenched. But go to the king of Judah, who sent you to seek the Lord, and tell him, This is what the Lord, the God of Israel, says concerning the message you have just heard. You were sorry and humbled yourself before God when you heard his words against this people and its city. You humbled yourself and you tore your clothing in despair and wept before me in repentance. And I have indeed heard you, says the Lord. So I will not send the promised disaster until after you have died and been buried in peace. You yourself will not see the disaster I am going to bring on this city and its people. So they took her message back to the king. Then the king summoned all the elders of Judah and Jerusalem. And the king went up to the temple of the Lord with all the people of Judah and Jerusalem, along with the priests and the Levites, all the people from the greatest to the least. There the king read to them the entire book of the covenant that had been found in the Lord's temple. The king took his place of authority beside the pillar and renewed the covenant in the Lord's presence. He pledged to obey the Lord by keeping all his commands, laws, and decrees with all his heart and soul. He promised to obey all the terms of the covenant that were written in the scroll. And he required everyone in Jerusalem and the people of Benjamin to make a similar pledge. The people of Jerusalem did so, renewing their covenant with God, the God of their ancestors.
So Josiah removed all detestable idols from the entire land of Israel and required everyone to worship the Lord their God. And throughout the rest of his lifetime, they did not turn away from the Lord, the God of their ancestors. Romans 16, 10-27 Greet Apelles, a good man whom Christ approves, and give my greetings to the believers from the household of Aristobulus. Greet Herodian, my fellow Jew. Greet the Lord's people from the household of Narcissus. Give my greetings to Tryphena and Tryphosa, the Lord's workers, and to dear Persis, who has worked so hard for the Lord. Greet Rufus, whom the Lord picked out to be his very own, and also his dear mother, who has been a mother to me. Give my greetings to Asyncritus, Phlegon, Hermes, Patrobas, Hermas, and the brothers and sisters who meet with them. Give my greetings to Philologus, Julia, Nereus, and his sister, and to Olympus, and to all the believers who meet with them. Greet each other with a sacred kiss. All the churches of Yeshua send you their greetings. And now I make one more appeal, my dear brothers and sisters. Watch out for people who cause divisions and upset people's faith by teaching things contrary to what you have been taught. Stay away from them. Such people are not serving Yeshua our Lord. They are serving their own personal interests. By smooth talk and glowing words, they deceive innocent people. But everyone knows that you are obedient to the Lord. This makes me very happy. I want you to be wise in doing right and to stay innocent of any wrong. The God of peace will soon crush Satan under your feet. May the grace of our Lord Yeshua be with you. Timothy, my fellow worker, sends you his greetings, as do I, Lucius, Jason, and Sosipater, my fellow Jews. I, Tertius, the one writing this letter for Paul, send my greetings too, as one of the Lord's followers. Gaius says hello to you. He is my host, and also serves as host to the whole church. Erastus, the city treasurer, sends you his greetings, and so does our brother, Quartus. Now all glory to God, who is able to make you strong, just as my good news says. This message about Yeshua has revealed his plan for you Gentiles, a plan kept secret from the beginning of time. But now, as the prophets foretold, and as the eternal God has commanded, this message is made known to all Gentiles everywhere, so that they too might believe and obey him. All glory to the only wise God, through Jesus Christ, forever. Amen. Psalm 26, 1-12 Declare me innocent, O Lord, for I have acted with integrity. I have trusted in the Lord without wavering. Put me on trial, Lord, and cross-examine me. Test my motives and my heart. For I am always aware of your unfailing love, and I have lived according to your truth. I do not spend time with liars or go along with hypocrites. I hate the gatherings of those who do evil, and I refuse to join in with the wicked. I wash my hands to declare my innocence. I come to your altar, O Lord, 
singing a song of thanksgiving and telling of all your wonders. I love your sanctuary, Lord, the place where your glorious presence dwells. Don't let me suffer the fate of sinners. Don't condemn me along with murderers. Their hands are dirty with evil schemes, and they constantly take bribes. But I am not like that. I live with integrity. So redeem me and show me mercy. Now I stand on solid ground, and I will publicly praise the Lord. Proverbs 20:19. A gossip goes around telling secrets, so don't hang around with chatterers. I want to speak to you today from our reading from 2 Chronicles 33 and 34. And this event that is described for us has always captured my attention, and I've always been fascinated with it, and had a lot of thoughts about how might this ever happen again. So what I'm talking about is the rediscovering of the Torah which the Bible, which was buried under the rubble of the ruins of the temple. So King Josiah was only eight years old when he became the king. And then when he's in the 18th year of his reign, when he's in his 20s, he wants to purify the land and put do some repairs to the temple. And so he gives Hilkiah the high priest the money that has been collected by the Levites. And he began to have men do this restoration of the temple and they paid the workers who did the repairs and the renovations and they began to restore this temple and as this process is going on they're cleaning out the rubble and repairing the temple in verse 15 Hilkiah says to Shaphan the court secretary I have found the book of the law the Torah in the Lord's temple and then Hilkiah gave the scroll to Shaphan. Shaphan brings this scroll to Josiah. And then Josiah begins to read the scroll, the Torah scroll, the Bible, the Tanakh. And immediately it cuts his heart. And he he tears his clothes he goes into deep repentance and he he says these words go to the temple and speak to the lord for me and for all the remnant of israel and judah inquire about the words written in the scroll that has been found for the lord's great anger has been poured out on us because our ancestors have not obeyed the word of the lord we have not been doing everything this scroll says we must do So it triggered repentance in the heart of the king. And that's what the word is meant to do. The word of God, the Torah, and when I say Torah, I mean the whole Bible, all of it, from Genesis to Revelation, the Hebrew scriptures and the Brit Hadashah, all of it. It is like a mirror, and you look in the mirror and you see dirt on your face. And then you realize, I have sinned. I have been unholy and unkind, and I have sinned because the word of God is like a sword. It cuts between bone and marrow, between soul and spirit, and it reveals the intentions of our heart. We cannot hide 
from the, the mirror, the truth of the Word of God. And so when a society has no Torah, they, they've lost the Bible. The Bible is not in the common square of the public square anymore. The society can become lawless and they descend into lawlessness and into all kinds of crime and criminal and corruption and all that. And so we can look around at uh, uh, the world around us today and we see all kinds of things that are very, very grievous to the heart. And it can be just very grievous to our heart. And and I'm thinking now of Isaiah chapter 66, verse 5, where it says, Hear the word of the Lord, you who tremble at his word. Your brethren who hated you, who cast you out for my name's sake, said, Let the Lord be glorified, that we may see your joy. But they shall be ashamed. We are to tremble at the word. We're to walk in the fear of God. And when we read his word, we're to have a reverence and a fear of the Lord as we take it into our spirit. And when we see things going on around us that are so grievous, so much sin in the world, you know, child trafficking and the whole child mutilation trend and people wounded and hurt and all the corruption in Washington, D.C., and all the lack of justice from the Department of Injustice, uh, the whole circus going on with Hunter Biden and the courtroom shenanigans there. There's just no justice in the land. There's just such a penetration of corruption at every level of government and every department, and it just it, it grieves a person's heart. The other scripture I'm thinking of is Ezekiel chapter 9 verse 4 and I'll start in verse 3 the glory of the God of Israel rose up from between the cherubim where it had rested and moved to the entrance of the temple and the Lord called to the man dressed in linen who was carrying the writer's case and he said to him walk through the streets of Jerusalem and put a mark on the foreheads of all who weep and sigh because of the detestable sins being committed in their city. So when we read the word and we see our own personal sin and we see the sin all around us in our city, our nation, we are to weep and sigh. And that's exactly what King Josiah did. He wept. And he sighed and he repented. And this moved the heart of God. And let's just pick up the narrative. And so Huldah the prophet consults with the Lord. And then she tells them, the Lord, the God of Israel, has spoken. Go back and tell the man who sent you. This is what the Lord says. I am going to bring disaster on this city and its people. All the curses written in the scroll that was read to the king of Judah will come to, to pass. For my people have abandoned me and offered sacrifices to pagan gods. 
and I am very angry with them for everything they have done. My anger will be poured out on this place, and it will not be quenched. So the judgment is set. It's cast. It's going to happen. However, she goes on to say in verse 26, But go to the king of Judah who sent you to seek the Lord and tell him, This is what the Lord, the God of Israel, says concerning the message you have just heard. You were sorry and humbled yourself before God when you heard his words against this city and its people. You humbled yourself and tore your clothing in despair and wept before me in repentance. And I have indeed heard you, says the Lord. So I will not send the promised disaster until after you have died and been buried in peace. You yourself will not see the disaster I am going to bring on the city and on the people. So the justice, the judgment is still coming, but it has been delayed because of King Josiah's repentance. Now we know in history... um, that in 586 B.C., Jerusalem was invaded by Nebuchadnezzar and the temple was burned and destroyed. And it happened not on any random day, but on the 9th of Av. And then in seven, it got rebuilt. The temple was rebuilt. And then in 70 A.D., the Roman general Titus from Rome burst through the walls and burnt down the temple again, not on just any random day, but on the 9th of Av. And it is on the 9th of Av that the Jewish people collectively mourn and grieve over the loss of the first and second temple. And over the fact that the Shekinah glory, the presence, the glory cloud of God is no longer there. The cloud departed. And so there's a new initiative. It's been going for about four or five years. It's called the Nation's Ninth of Av. And each year they gather in Jerusalem on the Ninth of Av to pray prayers of repentance over the many sins and persecutions and horrible, heinous crimes that have been done against the Jewish people by our church forefathers, by Christians throughout history the pogroms, the crusades, the holocaust, all of it. And so they take that time to repent over the sins of the forefathers. And this does move the heart and the hand of God. We saw how it moved the heart and the hand of God when Josiah repented because he saw the judgment that was coming upon Judah and upon the people. Uh, for their idolatry and their sin, that they had worshipped other gods and followed pagan gods. So repentance moves the heart and the hand of God. I encourage you to uh, visit the Nation's Ninth of Av website. The website is the number 9-av.com. And um, if you cannot go to Jerusalem, they have a virtual prayer event that's 27 hours long that um, happens on the 9th of Av. And each year, the 9th of Av is on a different day on the calendar, the Roman calendar, but it's usually in the summer, sometime in late July or early August is when it tends, is when it happens, the season of the 9th of Av. So, Father, we just now consider and reflect on 
how important it is to cherish your word, to tremble at your word, and to allow your word, your Torah, the mirror that we look into, to reveal our personal sin. May we have a heart that is quick to repent when we look in the mirror. May we not be forgetful hearers of the word, as is spoken of in James, like a man who looks in the mirror, walks away, and immediately forgets what he looks like. But may we take your word into our heart deeply. And may it do the cleansing work that needs to be done to reveal to us our sin. And then we turn to the cross. We run to the cross. We run to Yeshua, our Redeemer and our Savior, who forgives us our sin and cleanses us from all unrighteousness, that if we confess our sins, He, Yeshua, is faithful and just to forgive us of all of our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Father, may we tremble at Your Word. May we cherish Your Word. And may Your Word continuously change us from glory to glory to glory as we look in the mirror deeply and intently. May you reveal to us our sin, and may we be quick to repent of it, so that we can see more and more in the reflection, the reflection of Yeshua who lives in us. We want your nature and your character to shine in us and through us. We love you, we bless you, and we praise you. In Yeshua's name, Amen. Adonai Adonai the Aaronic Blessing from Numbers chapter 6, 24-26 Adonai bless you and keep you. Adonai make his face to shine upon you and be gracious to you. Adonai lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace.